1: study that came out of harvard not long ago that said that people that curse are actually smarter
2: yeah you know i actually read that you know and of course that's just another stupid thing said (laughs) (laughs) well listen if it says that people that are smarter than curse then you're albert einstein
1: well that sounds about right i do think i am albert einstein and i learned from a guy that is known as my father aka big phil aka the big fucker I learned most of my four-letter words from him as I was growing up, so he can say what he likes, all right, and I know one thing we know for sure, all right, we got a good one today, Chris Sims unbuttoned, Ahmed Faree's not here, he's on a contract holdout, he's asking for a million dollars a show, we're trying to work that out, we'll see if he's back in the building next week, but. Big Phil is here today, and I mean, I just think it's funny that you know Moorhead State's telling a, a a Harvard study that what what what's really smart and what's not. It's kind of hilarious to me. But what's up, Dad? How are you? Thanks for doing oh, the show. I'm with doing me today. well. Let let me
2: make my <laughs> opening comments here. Uh, first off, you didn't learn all that cursing from me. I do not curse in the house.
1: And <laughs> well, not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, you oh, d- did I
2: do it when you were growing up? Yeah, you did. It's all right. I'm. I, it's okay. okay. I was good. Well. You know, I learned from my father, <laughs> and of course, I got four brothers, three older brothers, and um, my dad used to sleep on the couch at night while we all had to sit on the floor and watch TV, and he would, I guess, have dreams, and he would curse <laughs> I in never his knew sleep, that. and it was awful. He'd say things, and of course, you know, we're kids, and we all look, oh, dad's so much. You know, we'd <laughs> laugh and think it was really, really funny, so... Sometimes it's hard to overcome your upbringing, so uh, <laughs> yeah, we've both right. got an excuse.
1: All right, good. I did not I did not know that, and you weren't too oh, bad. Oh, gosh. Listen, it, yeah. it was.
2: we had a couch and one chair in our TV room that he finally built because the other one was about you know 8 by 10. Right. All of us would be in there, 10 of us, and he would lay across the whole couch, and nobody had a chair. My mom would sit in the recliner, and that was it. The rest of us sat on the floor. <laughs> that's
1: amazing. And he
2: – well, you <laughs> – you knew my dad well enough i just i just can 't even tell you some of the words that came out of his mouth, of course, as a young kid, we would laugh and just go, "Oh, this is funny, even though we can 't sit anywhere but on the floor, but go ahead yeah, I know he, <laughs> he
3: was
1: great well that's some of my some, some of my most vivid memories of your father and why we 're on that because you know the the podcast listeners, they know a little bit about your family, your mom, of course, was you know, big Barbara Sims who we got our size from and, you know, your dad was the the grit strong no nonsense type of guy. But when I was growing up, my my most vivid memories when we used to go to Kentucky sometimes would just be him like nap time. That was a real thing. And when he would nap on that couch, damn, it was like the house had to be quiet. And I remember uh-huh. grandma telling me, Get outside and go play basketball because her her king, her husband was taking a nap, and he'd be snoring in there. And I remember tiptoeing oh. around him and doing all of that.
2: Oh, could he snore? Oh my God, <laughs> you're right. And my dad, I won't. We're not gonna get into all this. Uh, I should write a book about my brothers, sister, whatever. But my dad had one thing. I don't know when it started. Started early. It didn't do it with my oldest brother Dominic. Right. Uh, but when you graduated out of high school, get out.
1: Well. Go, well, so
2: or even before you
3: graduated. right? Right. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, you tell the famous story, and before before we get into preseason week one reactions, because uh, me and Dad, we're going to go through it today. We're going to hit about every main topic that there is to hit. The, the best story you ever tell, and and I've heard Mom tell this story when you know you guys are first married. It's one of her first trips to to Kentucky, and your youngest brother, the eighth of eight, Joe, he was in the kitchen. Uh, messing around, making a cup of of iced tea, right? Yeah.
2: Well, Joe had just graduated from the University of Houston. He was a baseball player there. He was living in the basement as he had a job, which he still has to this day, uh, with an insurance company. And he comes in from work. My wife, Diana, and my mom and dad were all sitting at the kitchen table, which is what we did, and played cards and talked, whatever. Right. He comes in, pours a glass of iced tea, sits down. My dad goes, damn, boy, there's a lot of ice in that glass. <laughs> and my brother goes, uh, 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 yeah. And then, you know, five minutes later, he gets up and pours another glass of iced tea. And my dad goes, you going to have another glass of iced tea? And my <laughs> like, now he is, uh, he can't even talk. He goes, I'll tell you what, son, or I think he probably said, boy, hey, listen, son, I want you out this weekend. And my brother goes, what do you mean? He goes, I want you to move out. You're out, and my brother goes. Well, I don't have a place to live. He goes. I don't care. Go, go, shack up with one of your little buddies or whatever. You're gonna leave this weekend.
3: <laughs> and there's great.
2: my poor wife sitting there, not moving, looking straight ahead, won't even look at me hardly. And then, yeah, welcome to Kentucky, rode, Diana.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: Hey, right. he looked at it. I gotta feed you. I gotta do this. I'm not doing it anymore. And it just was part of his routine and I could tell stories for the next hour about what you said to my other brother. Hey, thank God I never got in that position. I went to college and went to the NFL, so I was never home. Right. And um so You but,
1: didn't have to deal with the wrath of, of big big yeah, Willie Sims.
2: Oh man, it was coming. So I don't know. He was mad at all times and um and that's that was just one of his things. Get yep. out because it was about the money. And yeah, I understand now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I bet you okay. do. No doubt about it. Well, so if anyone out there's wondering where the Sims became such red asses, it's from Big Willie Sims, right there. There you <laughs> That's go. That's Right. All right. So let's hit it, Dad. Let's
2: go. What are we going to start with? That's the big question. All right. So good.
1: Much. All right. Good. We got. We'll, we got to start right here. We're going to go with the, like one of our, our our like longtime listeners, right? Corey Jaskowicz. He's got a he's got a question just right off the bat. Was there a preseason moment in your career where you feel your team benefited from? The ramp up. Many people argue it's useless. Can you rebuttal that? So just like people we got a few questions about people and the stance of preseason, playing your starters, all of that. You know, what's your what's your thought on that question, Dad? I mean, I know you're you you played real preseason football, so I think I know oh. your answer here.
2: Yeah, no, it was it was awful. Uh, looking back. Uh yeah, no, it's it's a different world, so I can't I can't really when I look at it now. And, you know, I really do believe in hard practices, all that, playing in the preseason, getting used to it and all that. That's what I really feel. But if I was a head coach in the NFL now, I, I tell you, I don't know if I'd who I would play. Very few people. I, I don't know if I'd play many at all. And I, I think I would do all this trying to get everybody ready for the season that would practice with practices with other teams because you can get not a real look, but it's really close. And it's just so much more uh, safe, I guess you would say. Right. And so that's – I think a lot of people are surprised when I say it that way. But it, it just keep everybody healthy. Try to get to work. There's a different way to do it now. So I have no problem with the coaches that pull pl- – don't practice or don't play their uh, players in preseason games or give them very little action. The quarterbacks all seem to be in agreement they their veteran that they don't need the preseason action. That's pretty interesting. But, yeah, when we played, it was a quarter in the first game or two series, a half in the second, whatever, you know, it ramped up. And sometimes I played every snap in the fourth game of preseason. Right, I remember snap. that, yeah. And the games, there would be 75,000 people or whatever giant stadium seat, uh, seated because we'd play the Jets and it was a real game. Right. I mean, like when it was over, wow. It would take you – it almost would ruin the opening week of the season because you're trying to feel better because the game was so rough, the Jets were good, and the crowds were into it, and that's how we ramped up for not all off-seasons, but for for a lot of those preseason games, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there, no doubt about it. I I was one that benefited – I liked when we played in the preseason. I'll just answer this real quick. My career, of course, was not like yours, but I felt like with my years with Gruden and even with Josh McDaniels a little bit – you know the the, the the when we played a little in the preseason and got battle tested i felt like we started the season a little you know, on on our crossing our T's and dotting our eyes a little bit, and then there was years where hey, we think we're pretty good, and we didn't play much in the preseason. And damn, we got in that first preseason game, and I felt like we weren't ready to get smacked in the mouth, and we we kind of start started off slow. So there is a yeah. fine line. It is hard, and of course, the money and the investment in the players is certainly bigger and larger than when we were playing, and it's it's a different it's a different uh, you know. A, yeah, well, different I, I era just say this sure. real quick
2: yeah. that I did like to play in the preseason because just getting used to it in the fourth game sometimes late in my run with bill parcells he goes how much do you want to play i said you know i don't care if you only play me the first series that's great and i don't even care if we throw it i just want to get under center see the crowd see the defense because you know how it happens as a quarterback you watch film and you work all week then you go out there and get under center in the stadium in the game and everything go what the hell? What are they lining up in? I can't focus on anybody here. <laughs>
3: yeah, right, right. <laughs>
2: it's just, did we study this week? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so you you got to learn to really be able to focus when you even when you get under the center. And I did like that. And I think um, most of the time that happened, especially under Bill Parcells, even with Dan Reeves, we did it too. We, we played a couple series in every game just to get everybody ready for the
1: season yeah no question all right so let's say you you just brought up the Jets let's hit let's hit on some of these second year quarterbacks right that we saw this weekend let's start off with the Jets and Zach Wilson right off the bat you know just of course the injury but like what were your thoughts I know it was only three to five throws 23 yards he threw the dumb interception um, but you know just how did it look to you and kind of what was your overall thought of the Jets as you looked at the game
2: well, I'm just really judging really the quarterback, the football team. Uh, you know, the Jets, I thought they, well, I don't know what their defense was doing in the opening series. I didn't look at it close enough, Christopher, to say did they, how many starters they have out there and all that, but it didn't look good. Right. But Zach Wilson, just physically, yeah, he threw the interception thing, whatever. I just thought he looked good. He made a couple good throws. He moved really well, even on the play, got hurt. You can see he's like a lot of quarterbacks we see in the NFL now. He's going to be able to get out of the pocket with with great ease and and run. Or really, he's more of get out of the pocket. He likes to stay behind the line of scrimmage and look for throws. Right. But yeah, I think I was going to be. I, I just felt like as I watched him. and once he got over that interception and the shock of oh my god, here we go, um, it looked pretty good, and I, I was excited to see him play. So it, it's a big deal. Can't wait to see what happens tomorrow and what is the final outcome is. But. Man, does that really? I watched the game. I almost tweeted some things out. Robert Sala it looked like all somebody sudden, shot
1: his parents, or you know, oh, looked like he was going to die. I know him and he Joe stood Douglas. There.
2: Yeah, he stood there, didn't talk, no expressions. Right. and it finally took a little bit, and a big play happened for the Jets, and he started coaching again. But I understand that feeling too. I really believe it when they said it on the telecast. The whole team just went silent on the sideline
3: right no doubt
2: and they're sitting there thinking oh my god here we go again or whatever and um, so that's just some of my thoughts about that game. Yeah, no, about the Jets.
1: No question. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we had one question here, and I'm just going to read for from our man at Evan2160. He wanted to know about the rookie class. And Evan, hey, I'm going to dive into more of these guys as we go. Right now, we're going to kind of hit the 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 top subjects. Quarterbacks go around the league. Garrett Wilson did look good. I got to take a closer look and really evaluate evaluate him. Jeremy Rucker, too. Here was the guy other than Zach Wilson, and I kind of agree with you, Dad. You know, on Zach Wilson. Quinn Williams was the star of the defense for me he is disruptive and everywhere but hey everybody don't don't over evaluate any of these guys I did Wilson's you know, the pop in his arm and the the twitchiness of his athleticism scrambling out of the pocket, it's real, and I like that, and it's a shame he's not going to get to work on this a little bit more in the preseason. But, uh, well, yeah, you
2: know. you know that too, and you know it. Now fighting that injury, it's so hard. Let's just say it: we get a really good diagnosis tomorrow and everything is about as good as it can be. Just the fight to get healthy again, then to get back in rhythm. This is not, oh, he could – it could be three to four weeks, that's it, or whatever. No, it's really like eight to ten. It is.
1: It's hard. You're right. It,
2: it, even if he plays week two of the season, it, it's just going to be different, and it's going to take a while to get back going. just like it did last year when he was hurt. He came back, I think, against the Houston Texans. Right. Looked solid, and as the game went on, he got better. Right. And really played well at the end to win the game for him. Yes. Uh, so I think we're in that kind of – I think in the best-case scenario for the Jets – they're in this situation, or it happens to him that way. Uh, also, just real quick, I've talked to people with the Jets. I haven't been to their practices yet, but they said Joe Flacco, and I saw Robert Sala on TV today. He goes, Joe Flacco has been tremendous, and he's got great talent, which, you know, he does have still one of the, you know, a tremendous NFL throwing arm. No doubt. And uh, so that's that's a good thing to go to as a backup. Yeah, sure. no
1: question about it. They've been raving about Flacco, and they've been raving behind the scenes about Zach Wilson. So that's why that's a shame. All right, yeah. so let's move out to the Bay Area. Well,
2: go ahead. Do, do, while you're there in the game, you yeah. want to do real quick. You want to do Jalen Hurts? Just a quick thought. Oh,
1: a hundred percent. Yes, we yeah. got to do that. Yeah, good job by you there, big guy. Definitely. Let's talk about it. first off, you and I same thought. All right, and I think you know we we can we'll hit on this as we go, um, but I think there is the Eagles. The Titans, the Ravens, the 49ers, I know we talked uh, over the weekend, and we were like, wow, the teams themselves are very impressive looking. They won the yes. Look Award to me, and I know not everybody played their starters and all of that, but wow, do they look good, and Jalen Hurts definitely got off to a good start.
2: Yes, and you know, I, I again, I watch a lot of TV, as I sit here and watch games and listen, and, you know, people, I guess a lot of people complain, well, or no, they went overboard about Jalen Hurts and what he did in the game six for six. And then, you know, it's countered. Well, you know, they did. Listen, they played in that little stint that he was in the game. That's how they're going to play. And that's going to be how their offense is going to look because you've got to defend those receivers. they got a good offensive line, and you're right. Oh, my God, get off the bus. They're one of the top four in the league. Top five at worst. I don't care how you look at it. But, you know, Jalen Hurts as a quarterback is going to get a lot of easy throws. And my last statement is here, and I've told you this over the weekend. Every year since I saw him in his first action in Alabama, I have followed his career, and as he left Alabama, he got better down there. Yeah. He got better at Oklahoma. Definitely. And we've seen a slow progression with him throwing the football. Is it ever going to be NFL elite? No, it's not. It's just not going to happen. But it does get better, and uh, I think that's what you have to look at, the fact that he's going to be a better thrower, and we don't want to get in situations like we did down in Tampa last year in the playoffs right. where we got to throw, and now that's not what we do.
3: Yeah,
1: so, no doubt.
2: That, that's that's I, what I think, I think about him.
1: Yeah, you and I have talked about the pre Even since things we've seen in training camp, we thought his motion looked a little tighter and better. Yeah, certainly controlled the ball pretty good last night. But you're right. Their team itself is going to put defenses in a bind because you've got to respect that offensive line, and they got weapons everywhere. So the Eagles are a team to watch out for, for sure. All right, let's go to the Bay Area, Dad. Um, okay. Got to hit Trey Lance. I mean, 49ers, as we just mentioned, the team stacked – They look good. Got a question from at Paul Kessler 44. Your take on Trey Lance's performance. I think he tightened up his motion and looked pretty good. Greetings from Germany. What's up, Paul? Thanks for tuning in from Germany. I appreciate that. But, um, you know, I don't mind. If you don't mind, I'll lead this off, Dad, just a little bit with Trey Lance. First off, hey, I think the first thing is, you know, All you got to do is listen to the telecast to a degree. It was a good start. He looks the part. He has a great presence. There's no doubt about that. And I think where, you know. We all got to remember here, this is a talented football team, and with Kyle Shanahan, even though Trey Lance might not be as surgical in the completion percentage of the quarterback rating, I do think even with him at the helm and maybe some of the deficiencies in accuracy, their offense can be extremely or more dangerous than it's ever been under Jimmy Garoppolo because of the running and the ability to stretch the field with his right arm like we saw. But I will say, too, hey, first few completions, they were very easy. They were set up by Shanahan. I did see... You know, I see tightness in his tighter motion and warm-ups and all that, but, you know, then he throws an out route to the right there where a guy goes up and gets the ball, and and his right arm and the ball is down by his right knee as he's throwing the football. So I don't know if he's totally a machine yet and fixing this and it doesn't you know hurt that the fact that they were playing a lot of their starters and Green Bay was playing second and third stringers for the most part so it looked good but I was I'm not sitting here ready to go oh he's ready to thread the needle and lead two minute drives and throw for 300 yards every week I'm not you know I've heard some people on TV talk about oh he might take the the league by storm like Patrick Mahomes no Patrick Mahomes is such a gifted thrower. It's not comparable and it's disrespectful, in my opinion, to say that, and that to, about Patrick Mahomes. But the guy does have talent. There's no doubt about that. And um, there was something else I was going to say, but I forgot. And go ahead. I'll, I'll just okay. leave it to you. Yeah.
2: Well, that's plenty. You know, listen. Yeah, it was encouraging to watch him play, to make the big throw down the field. You know, i, you know, I got to veer off here a little. If you want to know who to draft a wide receiver or what running back to pick later in the draft or whatever, look no farther than the 49ers, your buddy Kyle. I mean, listen, right. it's, they do a great job. They're receiving core. Man, Gray from SMU in the he's Again, Speed, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they, they all have the chance to be difference makers. The 49ers look great as a team uh, overall. Like you said, they got they got two things. You know, you talked about those big teams in Tennessee, Baltimore, and Philadelphia. Yes. The 49ers have size, but the other thing that they have, I think, over those other teams, Crazy speed. they have speed. Yeah, right. And a lot of it. Right. They got the speed at all the right spots. And uh, so, but Trey Lance, good job. I think the big thing for him this year, yes, he's going to throw it better than he did last year. But also, when you turn into a runner, yeah. let's don't take – he's not Jalen Hurts – He's not one of these big quarterbacks. He's not Lamar Jackson. You know, Trey, uh, Trey Lance, like um, the hits, attract to him. When you saw him play those two games last year, oh, my God, he took a lot of scary yes, hits. Yes, he did. And so I think he learned from that. They'll call plays differently. And they'll use him to run the football, I think, in better moments and big moments. And, you know, the other team, I think we always got to say this, you have to be careful rushing the passer. Preseason, everybody's just, let's get to the quarterback. I saw running lanes that even I could have ran through and picked up 10 yards. But as the season starts and teams game plan, that's going to change dramatically. So, uh, but there was a lot to like. You got to like what you saw from the 49ers and I think they will be more dynamic with him at quarterback than they were with Jimmy Garoppolo. A
1: hundred percent. I don't even think it's a question. I don't so. think so either. Make, they're going to make you defend more of the field. They're going to scare defenses. His ability to run with Shanahan's run game and all that, I'm with you, Dad. theres They're going to be a more dangerous football team with Lance at quarterback. And, and, and
2: you know, it. yeah, I'm sorry, Christopher, but running backs – if you follow the league at all, when you go to the 49ers, what all of a sudden you turn into this guy that just flies up in there, yeah, and it's it's amazing to watch, and it's truly, I, I you know, Kyle learned that from his dad, who started a lot of this stuff, but it's never a shuffle of the feet; it's one cut and full steam ahead, and it's it's really fun to watch. And their offensive line, everybody's ext- aggressive and run blocking all that stuff. So, you know, the 49ers, they're a team I can't wait for the season just to see how they look, how this works out. And, see, I think they're a really good football team. I think there's somebody to look out for big time. And um, we'll see if it comes, you know, it comes to fruition that they live up to what we think they are. Yeah,
1: definitely a Super Bowl contender in my opinion. And, and then the last thing I just want to say about that, anybody, our man Paul Kessler, 44, all you got to do is watch the game and listen to the telecast. Oh, there's still yeah. concerns out there. You listen to to Tim Ryan, who does the 49ers football games. He's plugged in as any guy in football as far as following a team. And I don't know. I'm not underestimating this. I think there was at least six or seven times just in the first two drives where he just continued to say – hey, I know he's got talent, I know he's got a big arm, I know he's fast. Can he consistently hit the target? That's the big question, and I know that's been the big question out there in training camp and OTAs, and that's what we're going to see, and that may be the difference between them getting deep into the playoffs, Super Bowl, or you know maybe right. being a one-and-done type of football team. So we'll yeah, see where that you goes. Know,
2: that is really true. I will say this last thing. If you want to know anything about the 49ers, just listen to their preseason telecasts. Tim Ryan, you said it. He's there every day, and I, I sit here and watched the game and listened to him. And hell, I was writing notes faster than you could write. And I just go, because hey, when I want to know something about the Forty ers I I clue into him. Yeah. And he does. He does a great job. He does. And yeah, he's he's gonna give the focus on them and and give them the benefit of the doubt because that's he works for him but his analogies and his understanding of the game at almost all positions it's tremendous it's it's a great listen
1: yeah it definitely is all right so let's move over to the jacksonville jacksonville you know I talked a little bit and you you know you heard me yeah. talk about this the hall of fame game I was so impressed with Trevor Lawrence and pregame warmups cuz I felt like he he fixed so much of the things that you and I, you know, had little issues with him coming out in the draft. We saw the talent. We knew he was a real deal, but, you know, you got to become a machine if you want to be live up to the number one pick uh, status. Thought he threw the ball phenomenal. I mean, there's definitely a change in his delivery, and, you know, for lack of a better way, just body lined up properly, tighter motion, front shoulders in there. I mean, I thought I really thought Trevor Lawrence looked really good. I don't know what did you, you think, Dad?
2: Oh, I did big time. Stats lie. Six of twelve. I think he was. Yeah. Uh, not uh, under under a hundred yards, but he had a touchdown. Uh, he was letting the ball go. Right. It, he looked like it looked like Trevor Lawrence that I saw against the Indianapolis Colts the last game of the year, which mm. by far was his best game of the year. Right. And you're right. All, got himself in really good position. And he was throwing thirty yarders down the field like it was throwing a hitch route outside. I, I just I was so impressed with his freedom, the way he looked, yes. the confidence that you could see he was playing with, and you know Doug Peterson, you know he's kind of I'm not I don't want to pigeonhole him this way, but he has a lot of little trick plays and you know the RPOs which he loved or whatever. But just watching that game, it's like man, we got a guy with a big arm, and we're going to take advantage of it. Yes. A lot of plays down the field, and I was very impressed. With how he threw the ball,
1: yeah, definitely threw the ball well. I thought there was two plays he missed. There was a second and goal where he tried to force the ball in on the goal line. He had the corner over the top. There was a third and nine on the next drive where you know he had the old three verticals to the right, and the inside guy was gone for the touchdown, and he was too late to get it, and he kind of threw it into double coverage in the back left of the corner. But again, those are things where I just look at it and go, and I don't care. He just he, another preseason game. He'll hit all of that stuff. It's how yeah. he looked, and he looked good, and I think that was a good start for Trevor Lawrence and I'll stand by this too the Jags just look good again I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs but when you just look at a team and go wow things are going in the right direction Trayvon Walker's the right pick at number one look at what they're doing they they widen him out wide and he can get after the quarterback so uh, I'm excited for the Jaguars again I don't think it's playoffs but I think it's a, a big pain in the ass type of football team as the year goes along.
2: Oh, absolutely. First, you have the quarterback. You're just going to be coached better all over the football team. And I think the receiving core, just going out and get Zay Jones, just everything about them, it's an uptick. And, of course, I think the other thing is, too, Christopher, yeah. I'm sure practices are better. You feel better about the coaches. You have great confidence in them. Not only is you know Doug Peterson, look, he's done it. He's done it. He's shown everybody he can run the football team and uh, very impressed. And, yeah, no playoff team, but now you look at that AFC South, it's just not a walkthrough. That's one more team now you have to worry about a little bit, just knowing, especially down there. Yeah. They had some two really great games this past year, and they really fought a lot of teams. You'd watch their games, and they look physical. But here's what hits me, how they played against the Buffalo Bills right. and the Indianapolis Colts. Take those two teams, or those two games. They look like a big-time, you know, playoff team in those games. So I think that's something they learn from, especially against the Colts at the end of the year. And, man, did they dominate the Buffalo Bills when they played them during the year, too, which yeah, they was did. really surprising. Josh Allen couldn't get anything done. Nope. Uh, so it, it's got to be exciting to be down in Jacksonville right
1: yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. Josh Allen gave the other Josh Allen a, a schooling that day, if anybody remembers <laughs> right, that right. Everything,
3: day. yes.
0: Around any corner...
1: All right, so let's go to Chicago. Uh, let's hit on this a little bit. Uh okay. they had the Chiefs the Chiefs uh Bears game. Hey, talking about what you talked about a little earlier on. I mean, the Chiefs played their starters to start the game and it was like riding a bike and Mahomes just bing-bong boom, they go down and score a touchdown and he feels good and I love them for that. I do. That was cool to see. But of course, the big questions are Justin Fields. We got a question from Fair Games. What's up, fellas? Can you tell me what you think of my QB Justin Fields preseason debut this year and break down some of the rockets he threw on a couple of third downs? So, Dad, Fields is one I have a little bit of a – you know, I'm a little – sometimes I go, ooh, I like what I see. Sometimes I'm not sure. I'm still not sold on the motion. I know it was a good start. I understand that. His ability to run, he's built like an Adonis. He does have a presence on the football field. But I, I guess he's another one I'm going to classify here as I'd like to see a little bit more legit NFL-type throws before I, I really put myself out there. Um, so I liked it, but I guess I'm not maybe as in love with it as the stat line or some other people out there.
2: No, I don't either. Uh, yeah, it it was a very small sample size, that's for sure. And I think, too, you know, we always the, – the line is, and I like it, you know, oh, you've got – we look at the run so intensely with the quarterback, which in a lot of cases that's true, and I understand it, to be able to move. But when the season starts, it's a little different than we're going to see in preseason, that's for sure. But, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I want Justin Fields to become, uh, you know, a real knock-it-down thrower from the pocket Yes, he's going to run. We're going to. That's going to happen. I think he does that easily, but yeah, it just the football. I don't know what to say. I didn't look at any plays and go, "Wow, that was really good." Yeah, he threw a, a back shoulder that almost was hit. Whatever, unbelievable catch down the right sideline. Right, he threw, a, I guess a little fade down the left sideline. I watched that, and that was a good catch, good throw, whatever. But I just need to. Systematically, just keep making plays from the from the pocket. That's kind of what I want to see because I take the other stuff for granted. Right. But he's going to move, he's going to run, and get outside the pocket and complete some passes when nothing's there every once in a while. But uh, we'll we'll follow the Bears. Uh, I look at them and just say this, wow, it could be a really rough year in Chicago. That's I, what I
1: think. Agree, agreed with you there. I, I do agree with that. That's where I do feel like it's a little unfair to Justin Fields. He does not have the greatest supporting cast. And, you know, to my man there, you know, fair games, at fair games, game-o. You know, I, I know I look at I'm, – I'm viewed as kind of the Justin Fields hater – you know, But I, I think if you're listening to me consistently, I, I, I try to keep it real on pretty much of all these guys. And I gave him a lot of praise when I thought he fixed some things last year, certainly. But to what Dad said, you know, the fade down the left sideline, you know, dipped under the ball, nose of the ball kind of. Yes, it was a spiral, but the nose of the ball stayed in the air. You know, the guy had Dar- Darnell Mooney had the guy beat by five yards. You know, he underthrows it. You got a DB in his first preseason game of the year. I go, well, if he throws the ball like that in week four, that's going to be an interception when the DB gets used to playing that way. So I just, you know, again, big completion, but I don't sit there like you said and go, wow. And then the other play you're talking about, I think, was the one on the sidelines with Tajay Sharp where, hey, you know, put it in a spot where his guy could get it. But again, I challenge people to go back and watch it a little bit. Ball fluttered, did not have great pace on the ball. And it was a phenomenal catch, so that's where I say that. And again, I know I'm looked at a little bit as the uh, resident uh, Justin Fields hater here, but I, I'm not. Well, I, you know, no. it just it's it's just doesn't pop to my eye quite yet when he lets go of the football.
2: Well, look, if you don't just praise quarterbacks or whatever players, there's always going to be a group that's just oh. You're a hater. Oh, my God. I, I think you and I are far from that about anybody, but I don't care. Think what you want. We're not – you're always going to get that. You could get 1,000 comments, and a lot of people are going to pick out the one. You know, it's, so that, that's one thing. I'm just going to go back to this. The Kansas City Chiefs orchestrate an opening drive because Andy Reid, old school, believes in getting his players in that rhythm, used to game action. The play calling was tremendous. Mahomes made some good throws. And inside the ten yard line, it's the Barnum and Bailey Circus. Here we come, and oh, a screen to the tight end. Haven't seen that before from the Patriot. I mean, from the Chiefs inside the ten yard. They don't ever just line up and run the ball down there. It's always a shift, whatever shovel pass, which they ran about fifteen times last year for touchdowns. But it, it, it's really interesting. Andy Reid, whatever his offense is, he tries to run the ball a little more in the open field. But I don't know if you notice this, Christopher, when they get inside near the goal line, they're not going to say, we're just going to be tougher than you and run it at you. No, it, You've got to sit there and go, what's coming? Right. Travis Kelsey, the quarterback. Right. <laughs> so it's everything. And I, I, I think, it, I, honestly, I think it's a great way to play in the NFL right now, to do more now, I don't want to say tricks or just different plays inside that 10-yard line because you know. Yeah, it's too hard just to you think played, you're going to
1: line up and just smash it in there against some of these defensive tackles and linebackers right now oh, in the NFL.
2: It's a game of giants. Right. And, you know, there's just no way you're going to blow them out anymore like that. So, yeah, it's, he's, he's ahead of his time. And I've talked to a few coaches at all levels this offseason. And I always, for some reason, I've talked about this a lot to them. They go, you know, it's a great idea. We're going to do that more. Because, you know, sooner or later, everybody's going to start copying some of this stuff the Chiefs are, Chiefs are doing more. Right. But th- that's Justin Fields. The, my Your little take on the Chiefs uh, and your boy from Purdue who you loved coming out, he really... Did it. Yeah, he looked great. So the Chiefs got to feel good about a lot of things uh, so no, far. In training
1: no field. doubt. No doubt. Pacheco, the running back from Rutgers, looked good. I thought they had a oh. few young guys. And, yeah. you know, while we're at it, I am going to. Karloftis, to me, was one of the rookie stars of the weekend. Uh, and, you know, again, I, I'll say, just watching. And again, anybody out there, go watch back. I'm not, like, overly impressed with his explosion off the ball first step, like Aiden Hutchinson or Tr- Trayvon Walker. But, holy crap. I mean, just a man, and how many times he just pushed offensive tackles back into the quarterback, and, you know, just like we always talk about with, like, the guy where, oh, he's a great speed rusher, so, you know, the tackle's always worried about the speed, 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 and then that brings in the power play because the tackle's always worried about the speed. Carlatis is kind of the opposite. You watch the game go on, he bull rushed a bunch of people throughout the game, starting tackles included, <laughs> And then they're worried about the, the bull rush, and then all of a sudden it's a swim room around the edge or a, a move inside because they're all bracing for the power move. So yeah. uh, he has something to him, and he, he he belongs. I know that. I saw that right off the bat. Uh, well, he
2: goes from a 4'8 speed guy to a 4'5 because of what he does. Yes. So the power is so real and everything like that. You and I talk about this all the time. You know, we're, we're talking about tackles. Everybody go, oh, are you a good enough athlete to stop the speed? No, are you strong enough to stop the power right,
3: rush? Right, right.
2: Because when these guys hit you in the chest, can you anchor right in there? And I've kind of changed my thought of that too. Yeah. As far as tackles.
1: We both have the last I, few years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I want a guy with great. No, I want a guy that's upper body as he is a giant. Yeah. We want Orlando Brown or here. Trent
1: Williams or that kind of guy where you just, yeah, good luck trying to move him.
2: Yeah, that's right. You know, you can catch them by surprise, and they still don't get moved. It's just because they're so big, upper body dominant, and uh, you're right. It's kind of changed how I look at tackles a lot, in the in the last, especially this past year, but maybe the last couple years, just kind of changing my whole thought process about how do you protect the quarterback.
1: All right, one last guy on the second year guys, Kellen Mon. Kellen Mann, who oh, okay. you know had a, did a nice job yesterday against the Raiders. You know, uh, you know again, again, I've been a fan of him. I think he's got a great motion. He plays within the pocket. You know, I wish he was a little more assertive. I will say, or just would throw, you know, throw the hundred mile per hour fastball in there. It felt like he was placing the ball a little much yesterday. But either way, uh, you know, and he and he plays a little small. He does look small in the pocket, but we saw his ability to move a little bit. And I think the other thing that jumps out to me, Dad, is just never really loses control of the ball. Every ball is a perfect spiral. And, you know, even when he's off target, it's just barely off target. And he can throw with touch. And I know he has the ability to drive the ball. We kind of saw that on the second touchdown pass he had with a little slant to the right. But thought he looked good. And I think he's clearly more talented than Sean Mannion, in my opinion. And would really be shocked if he wasn't the backup to Kirk Cousins.
2: Well, you know, Listen, all these things oh, – you're right. I'll just say this about Kellen Mond first. Uh, yeah. I thought he did look good. Uh, I do wish every once in a while he would drive the ball. Right, of step to, on it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just step on it. You know. Yeah. And, and, again, is arm strength important in the NFL? Let me answer this really emphatically. Yes. If you think it's not, then you – I just – I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to listen to you first. But there's always three or four throws a game – that we never talk about. If somebody runs for five, oh, look what he does. But we don't go, wow, that throw is a difference maker. Right. And, there's, and, and those throws are usually big plays. Throwing it between defenders 15 and 20 yards down the field. Throwing it over the top. Throwing a, a rocket on the run. Whatever it is. And that's to me, separates a lot of quarterbacks. But we never talk about it. It's just—it's really interesting that way because I guess people don't notice. Everybody thinks everybody throws a damn ball the same way. Yeah, in the I think we're that's what it is. Crazy.
1: Exactly right. Right.
2: You know what? What were his numbers? That's what I got to hear. Let me hear about that dumbass quarterback rating again. Oh, I mean, guys, I watch some guys on the week. They play great with the situation, their talent versus the other team, and it'll come down to the numbers. That's how we're going to judge them. Right. So you know, just. Matt Stafford, let's just see it. Tom Brady. Tom Brady lives for the big play. Yes. He can't wait to try to drive a football between two defenders and all that stuff. And that's why he's going to throw a few interceptions. But he doesn't care. Because on the other side, we don't judge it. We just look at the interceptions. How many plays did he make with aggressive decisions and really aggressive top-level throws? Judge it that way. and uh, Or at least give that some credence. But uh, I know, you're whatever. right. So everybody
1: just thinks the laser down the middle, everybody can throw it. And you go, no, no, Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, Josh Allen, not everybody can do those throws. That Justin just, Herbert. That, yeah, Justin Herbert that just changed the, the field position from their own 25 to now you know, the opposite 40. And you're right, it, it's too easily glossed over. And I think you said it right. It's because everybody thinks, oh, it's the NFL. Everybody hits those throws. No, there's difference in degree of difficulties and, and some of those throws that only the great quarterbacks can make.
2: And Kellen Mond, yeah, that, but I thought his movement was really good. And you're right, free up a little more, uh, but he played really tough at Texas A&M. That's one of the reasons I thought he made a lot of throws at Texas A&M, under pressure, into tight spots, and uh, just what he gives you. You know, I, I get talking so much, you and I. But these decisions, Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond, okay, I understand. Let's let it play out a little. Well, let's just make the damn decision. Yeah, I know. Let's go ahead and groom the guy to be the two. Instead of, well, we're going to keep judging. We already know, okay? There's yeah. limitations. I like Sean Mannion at Oregon State, but I like Kellen Mon more with the Minnesota Vikings. And I just see a bigger upside and a guy that can help, a backup quarterback that can move around enough like he does and make throws on the run and all that. That's almost what you want in the league now. Right. Because the backup quarterback's not going to be the drop-back passer usually that the starter is. Yeah, 100%. That ends that conversation. Yeah,
1: we're on the the same page there for sure. All right, so let's go to another one. Let's go to the quarterback competitions. Let's go – Seattle, Pittsburgh. All right, I want to. We got to hit on that game and really, and both sides of there. But let's. First, that was great. Yeah, it That's was it. great, right? I mean, it really was. Yeah. It was probably the the game of the weekend, just as far as all the storylines and the quarterbacks that you know have a chance to be starter. Let's start off with you know the Seattle side. Well, got, before you even get going, yeah. I gotta
2: say I felt like I was watching a regular season playoff
1: game. I know, Well, yeah, those two psycho head coaches—they got their guys out there
2: hitting and playing <laughs> crazy, <laughs> <laughs> and you know. Mike Tomlin, you know, and Pete Car- you know, they run tough training camps.
3: Definitely.
1: They
2: don't mess around. It's, you know, Mike Tomlin even admits it. And I, I was kind of surprised. You've been to those practices, so you know more than me. I just go by what I kind of see on TV a little. But the crowd, the teams, the play calling, it wasn't, you know, that's the one thing overall about the preseason I noticed with a lot of these backup quarterbacks and everything. The teams kept the offense wide open to give them a chance to really do what, instead of just going, well, let's throw slant flat. Let's throw a little hook route to the tight end, all that stuff, which every team in the world knows it's coming and can defend that easier than anything else. But I was really impressed overall by the league. That were these coordinators gave their backup quarterbacks a chance to play well.
1: Yeah, no, no, it, it, it seemed like the the league was like, hey, we're going to almost throughout, like we're going to drop back and get reps in the pass game, you yes. know, pretty much everywhere for the most part. And I got a question here from our, uh, our man at Lazy Brahman. He wants to know what are your thoughts on the QB battle between Drew Locke and Geno Smith after preseason week one? To me, this is Lazy Bra- Brahman. He says the offense with Drew Locke looks more dynamic and fun to watch. But did the fumble at the end firmly get Drew out of the competition for week one versus Denver? Go ahead, Dad. I'll let you lead this one off.
2: Well, of course not. If we're going to go, oh, well, he fumbled and that changes everything, then, you know, no, it's not. I thought they both played well. I think during the offseason I was asked this question a lot. Look, they didn't win last year with Russell Wilson at quarterback, so let's start there. Yeah, right. I'm not knocking Russell Wilson, Yeah, but let's don't look at this and judge. that. You know, that's all we talk about now. Everybody, well, Seattle, Russell's gone. And I understand. It's a rebuilding football team. They're trying to change again. But I think what we you see in the NFL, just thinking you're going to run the ball and be super dominant that way is not going to happen. But I thought Drew Locke and Geno Smith both played well. I think everybody – Everybody underestimates Geno Smith. He's got size. He can move. He has a really good arm, and he can throw on the run, and he can make throws from the pocket. He showed that last year when he started with the Seattle Seahawks once again. And Drew Locke, hey, sometimes when you move teams, reality sits in. You go, not only are you playing to try to get a starting job, you're playing for your damn career, too. So he's been good in training camp. I thought he was really good in the game. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And this, this is a true quarterback competition.
1: It is one. You're right.
2: But right. I do think still, even after that game, and even though I, they both played really well, I still think Geno Smith has the edge. Just because he was there last year, Yeah, they know him, and he understands so many things about the offense That does take a while to learn.
1: Yeah, understands the offense, understands the way Pete Carroll wants to play, doesn't have the reputation of being the turnover guy that drew Locke. I do think that feeds into the narrative a little bit. I'm I'm with you. I I would be shocked if it's not him. But I think you're right. It's a real competition. Both are super talented. Both got big arms. Locke maybe his arm's bigger than Geno's, but it's not by a lot. Geno can make every throw and then some for sure. And they both had great escapability. And play yeah. big and have a presence in the pocket. I like all that. And what I will say, too, Dad, just to add on to what you said, because you kind of pretty much said it all. Our man at Lazy Brahman. Here's the other thing to take into account here too. Just hey, don't you, you got to evaluate the whole situation? Geno Smith got to play against most of Pittsburgh starters, other than Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, and Minka Fitzpatrick, and then he didn't have D.K. Metcalf or, or Lockett. So he had to play the Steelers, the emotions of, oh, it's the Steelers in preseason game one, which no quarterback in fucking football wants to play the Steelers in preseason game number one because they're going to do crazy (laughs) shit, and you're like, oh, shit, here comes Blitzburg, and we've been working on basics in training camp. So there is that aspect that you can't forget. And then Drew Locke gets the benefit of coming in and going, oh, they, you know, hey, I was on the sidelines. Oh, the coaches told us what to kind of expect. We get a little feel for how they're playing us today. So don't ever forget that aspect is all I'll say either way. But I do, I'm with you. Both looked impressive, and I'm, I am. Out of all the QB battles, I think that's the most interesting one uh, to watch here as we go on. Because, well, you, yeah, you know, I don't mean ahead. to interrupt you, yeah, but good.
2: I, I've been to workouts – with quarterbacks, and Geno Smith has been there. And all I can say is when you watch him in person, you just go, wow, I'm impressed. Right. I know it's just a workout, but I don't care. It's not average stuff. It's, like I said, he can really spin the football. He can throw in all weather. You know, he showed that with the Jets. You know, I'm sure he'd love a do-over with the Jets to be more mature, to handle himself differently and all that. But, you know, youth, a lot of things come with it. And he mishandled the situations, uh, but he's really done a good job since he's been in Seattle.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. He has. All right, so let's go to the other side of the ball there, the Steelers, who had three quarterbacks that played well. I mean, to me, Trubisky and Pickett take the show for sure. And I I don't really think Mason Rudolph's involved in this conversation. I think they're just being nice to a guy that they're loyal and they picked in the the second round way back when. You know, but, but, you know, our guy here, Stuart Miller Davis, who starts week one in Pittsburgh, all three had their moments this weekend. Uh, I, you know, I, I think you and I are on the same page here. I, I still think Trubisky will start, but, and I was impressed with how he looked, but wow, Kenny Pickett, wow. Kenny Pickett looked really fucking good.
2: Yeah, he did. Listen, they all three played well. I'm going to do it quicker. Mason Rudolph. I really thought it's it's, again. I give him a lot of credit. I think he physically has gotten better every year he's been in the NFL. Yeah, he was really mad that he wasn't a first-round draft pick. Right. And um, I didn't view him that way, but I think he's gotten more athletic, looking smoother, throwing the ball, definitely throwing it better. You you name it, and I, I think he's a really, really good backup quarterback. And he understands how to play the position because he threw 9 million balls out there at Oklahoma State. Right. For Trubisky, yes, it was good. I loved it watching it and all that. But Kenny Pickett, I'm going to take it into account. He made some throws that were easy. You know, even I think on the last drive, he threw an outcut and it was, a, you know, a long throw to the outside, which Pittsburgh. Ever since Bill Cowher's there, there's one thing they do. They throw those speed 12-yard outs more than any other team in football. Definitely. They love it.
1: If you're going to give it to them, of... they take it. They don't care. Oh, it's outside the numbers. We don't throw outside the numbers. They go, no, they're giving us that. Let's throw it. And I, I do love that about them, for sure. Yeah,
2: not only is it outside the numbers, it's to the damn sideline. Right. So, you know, you've got to get used to throwing it because, you know, it's a scary throw. But if you do it enough, it's not scary anymore. Right. But I thought overall, Kenny Pickett, so smooth. Those gloves – are awesome for him. <laughs> you know, I, I'll get into this one other time we talk. Hand size is a big deal with the NFL. I don't care what anybody says it is. And it, because when you got those big hands, you can hand throw the ball. And I know if everybody's listening, go, what do you mean hand throw? I, well, I can't quite make a description of it. But when you're in trouble and you can't rear back, can you just flick that thing with your hand and right. still get it done? Right. And, you know, again, we don't want to name them all. We know who they are. Uh, but Kenny Pickett can do it. Because he's got those gloves on. Yeah. And I don't care. He threw the ball well. It came out of his hand great. His movement is you know, it's absolutely way above average for NFL quarterbacks, maybe not as much now as it is or or it was years ago because we got so many guys that can move well. But uh good decision maker and that's why the Steelers took him. Yeah. Because he's I hate all these phrases, but I'm gonna say it, he's NFL ready right now. Will he look like that when they start the regular season against the first team they play and they got the defense geared up and all that if he is the starter no he's not going to look that good but it just shows you the talent the savviness the experience he has uh... it all showed through with the Sealers, and it is this preseason game
1: yeah and and I think that's why he won't be the starter they start the they start the year against the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals so that's probably why he won't start but I'm with you and he's already won that it's making me second guess my draft evaluation for sure just because it was it was easy for him decisions were easy he put the ball exactly where he wanted I think his arm is maybe a little more powerful than I gave it credit for coming out and yeah. he just looked like he was it just it looked natural he was he was at ease with the situation and we got a, a question from at sam bivalent 01. he wants to know what mold does kenny pickett fit a jimmy g type and i would just no. say no i think he's got more talent than jimmy g sam bivalent yes. i do he's a better athlete and i think he has a better arm altogether so i see a higher ceiling than jimmy g for sure and i think you agree with that right dad
2: he's got a better arm he's a better power thrower he's more accurate um i don't know no the, the jimmy g comparison no uh, I, you know i listen it's hard to i i gotta give jimmy g, jimmy garoppolo <laughs> jimmy g I, I don't like nicknames for people until they just become superstars but whatever <laughs> but you know he did go to super bowl and i'm sick and tired of hearing well if he hit that pass down the middle you know okay everybody acts like a 45 yard throw was a you know hitch route to the outside so that's one thing oh we overthrew him Well, I didn't think the guy was running free with nobody around him. Yeah, you expect NFL quarterbacks to hit that, but not at 100% rate. But went to the Super Bowl, went to the championship game last year. Uh, You know, there's something to be said for all that. and There's a lot of times now during the offseason, I feel bad for him, that he's in this situation. But uh, sooner or later it'll work out. But, yeah, Kenny Pickett, just, again, I think what we saw, and we'll see how the preseason goes the next two weeks. But what it does, it closes the window on Trubisky. So, in other words, a loss, a bad outing, two of them, you're going to lose your job.
3: Yes, exactly right. That, that's,
1: so he yeah.
2: pulled him out of the game as a starter I think it's shortened just because of that performance, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of good things in these next two games from Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah, a- agreed, agreed. I-, I think the Steelers are, first off, a team that I think, you know, everybody is kind of discounting altogether, and I go, ooh, I don't know. I still like a lot I of things wouldn't. on their roster. Exactly right. Yeah. And, yeah, I could see that, too. Like, even if they were 2-2 two and two and just the offense wasn't playing as good, you know, another Rich. performance like that from Kenny Pickett, they, they might just go, hey, you know, what, what's, what's the difference? Who, who cares? Kenny Pickett can do what Trubisky's doing. Let's get it in. Let's get it going right now. And I don't think anybody is better at managing those type of situations than Mike Tomlin because I respect him. He doesn't make it about, oh, it's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. He realizes he got to protect. You got to run the ball. You got to play some defense. So he'll manage the game around that guy too. And I wouldn't be shocked to see it go that way if they got off to a slow start on the offensive yeah. side of the ball.
2: Can I say this real quick? I just go, when you watch the Steelers, man, I know Mike Tomlin, he loves receivers. And can they pick receivers or what? I'm not just judging this. I love Pickens in college. And here he comes, and he just looks like right away that he's a veteran NFL-wide receiver. I I don't want to overstate it, which that probably is, but I think they realize, I'm sure they know it in training camp. And watching because in training camp, you get so many one on ones, so much stuff, and a lot of information. I think it's just listening to their telecast, too, that it tells me that he's been showing off and practiced enough to make everybody believe, you know, he's, he's a frontline starter in the NFL at wide receiver.
1: Yeah, a ton of buzz about him in camp, and he was. He was a first round receiver that was hurt his whole last year at Georgia, right. and I think that's really the biggest reason. But yeah, like you talked about with Shanahan and the 49ers with receivers and running backs. The Steelers have that same eye at receiver. Uh, they're, they're amazing, and they're, they're one of those teams that just always kills it when it comes to that position.
3: Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks.
1: Um all right, let's go Panthers. Panthers, we gotta talk, you know, a little Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Um thought both looked good. Sam Darnold didn't get to play a whole lot. Baker no. Mayfield got to start the game, made some good power throws for sure. You know, and and playing against again the starting defense for Washington, Sam Darnold too. Washington starters played shockingly to me. The majority of the first half on both sides of the ball, but what were your kind of your thoughts or what jumped out to you between Baker and Sam?
2: Well, first I don't blame Washington for doing what they do. I'm not going to blame them. I liked it because he's got to set, you know, got to get this thing straight and right. get them ready. You know, it's they need a good year. Yeah, they, they do. And uh, but my thoughts on the the quarterbacks. Well, first, I'll just go Carson. What did you ask me? Which team?
1: Yeah, Panthers. Let's go Baker and Sam Darnold. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, Carson Wentz played really well. Sam Howell didn't catch caught my eye. He threw some rockets, whatever. But Sam Darnold, not much of an opportunity. Yes, nice touchdown throw. But I thought Baker, there we go. He's a great example, and maybe even a quarterback. When you're injured, don't play. I, I just, because we judge you the same way. I haven't heard anybody go, well, you know, he was hurt last year when he played with all these injuries. You don't hear that. Nope. If you're going to play, you're going to get judged, and that's kind of what happened to him. Uh, the year before, he threw the football outstanding, the year they went to the playoff. Right. I've said this many times to your audience, to you on TV, whatever. I said to him when I interviewed him late in that year, I said, if you, my first question, are you throwing the ball better now than ever before? And he didn't even – before I get out of my mouth, yes. And that's kind of what it looked like, those few throws we saw in that game. His arm looked like it had great uh, – it was lively, power on the football, and his foot movement and uh, scrambling, he's faster and quicker than Sam Darnold. I- I'll be shocked if he's not the starting quarterback. And, you know, quite honest, I'm just going to be honest here, or not honest, but yeah. – I would name him the starting quarterback right now.
1: You would just let the team yes. start, letting him be the leader and take over the locker room yes. and give them some pizzazz, and let's go.
2: Let him walk around. All right, I'm the man now. Let's go. Right. You, you know, it, it makes him become a better leader right away this week right. if you do it. Now they're not going to do it, I guess. And I'm just this is what I think. And you know these quarterback battles. Most of the time, we know who's going to win, and you know, I always kind of think they're, well, whatever. I'm not a big fan of them a lot. Sometimes, like out in Seattle, you have to do it or whatever. But I think I've seen it, such a little thing there. we saw there. But I can see he has a better arm, can spin it better, and he's more athletic than Sam Darnold. And he's got a pretty good track record, too, of winning some big games and playing well. And... um Yeah, give him that chance to take hold of the team and don't wait too long where he only has one week or whatever it is. What Matt Rule said after this game, is that what he said after two games he would name the starter?
3: Right, right. Yeah,
2: so, okay, I guess we can wait a few more days. But just me, it's easy to do it from my viewpoint. I would name him now and get it over with.
1: I get your point there. I do. I I do think there's some value in that. And I think that's where Baker Mayfield really separates himself, Dad, just to echo. I I, I mean, you're, you're right. His arm's better. I'm with you there. You know, I think he has a better feel for the game overall, sees the field better. And, yes, his movement is better, certainly throws the ball better within the pocket and can make more explosive plays that way. But that's something I've kind of been saying all along. Baker Mayfield, you know, hate him or love him, and I know there were some things that were, you know, issues there in Cleveland, whatever. he He yeah. does give your team an edge. He does. And there is a real tangible – thing when you watch him as far as his leadership and and his fire that he can bring that we've never seen from Sam Darnold anywhere and I think for a team like this where there's no great leader or guy on the offensive side of the ball you know to your point they, they need a guy like this a little bit and I, I would just be shocked that if we don't get done with preseason game number two and the you know performances they both play well but Baker Mayfield named the starter I just would be shocked if he's not the starter when all sudden done
2: you want your quarterback to make a difference physically. We want all that of course. But two, you would hope your quarterback has the ability to influence other players, especially on the offensive side, and maybe even the whole team. And you know, some of these like you said, Baker's got a little personality and yeah, when it kind of goes bad it can turn against him too. But I just think he can galvanize players naturally. It's it's in him. Yeah, he's got a little, I'm um, going to say that, I hate to say it. he's got a little red ass in him, there's yep. no doubt, because everybody's doubted him his whole life. Texas Tech has to go to Oklahoma, get it done, and all these things. But uh, he looks healthy, and honestly, I, I was like just watching the game. I just went, wow, his arm is back. And, you know, he, and one, now he's playing in Carolina, and I've said this, they're the two worst places to play in the NFL. If, to me, if you're a quarterback, is Cleveland and Buffalo. Right. Because on a good day, you're going to get 30 mile an hour winds.
3: Right, right. <laughs> it's
2: just, it's unbelievable. Last year, Deshaun Watson's going to find that out. Yeah. That, uh, wow, we got to play again in another windstorm, rainstorm. You don't know what you're going to get there. And it takes a special quarterback to deal with those elements.
1: All right, let's shift to rookie quarterbacks here. And let's just stay right here on this game because I, I want to talk about both of them real quick. First off, All right. Sam Howell looked good. He did. Yes, he did. Sam Howell knows how to play the game. He just got a great feel of, wait, let me hang in the pocket and make the throw. Wait, here's a lane. Let me scramble. Let me make a play that way. He plays bigger than his actual size. I think that's one thing that jumps out to me. Yep. Uh, I, I was impressed with him. Again, he doesn't. his arm doesn't go, wow, to me. I don't go, oh, wow. And I, there are some things I'd like to see him change in his mechanics a little bit. But I thought overall – He's he's you know he could spin the ball. He spun the ball very well in the game the other night, and I, I thought really you know made some nice throws and really looked good. And I was I was impressed, maybe more impressed than I thought I would be with Sam Howell.
2: Uh, you know, look, I wasn't you know the big fan coming out. I thought he was a third or fourth round quarterback. I thought well they'll take him in third because he's productive. You know he's got he's got some. I hate to talk in these terms, he's got some juice. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. He showed it. He's, got got a, little, he's a poor man, Baker
1: Mayfield, almost to a degree. Yeah,
2: that's exactly what he is. Yeah, maybe not as quick and doesn't have Baker's complete arm, but I thought he made some power throws. I think I heard, uh, shoot, this, this morning. I don't know who was talking about the Washington. They just said, "Hey, Sam Howell has a big time NFL arm," and I think it was one of the coaches down there. I can't remember which one or who said it. I know this. Scott Turner's the offensive coordinator there in Washington, and he gave his quarterbacks all a chance to have success. He did. They were running just about everything. Right. Little pick plays, you know, everything they were doing. I was going, man, he's letting his quarterbacks get into the game and get confidence. And when you watch it, it won't happen. But Sam Howell excites me. I, got, I was so happy or impressed with what he did in the game that I go, damn, are you going to give him a chance to be the backup quarterback? Um, I know Taylor Heineke played well last year. Uh-huh. I liked him. But there is definitely a difference in the physical ability, the size, uh, even the movement because Sam Howell's strong. I yes, mean, he's he a is. a big, thick dude. Yep. And honestly, that was one thing I wasn't crazy about. I said, damn, he's big. Right. And, you know, at in, in North Carolina. But he looked in great shape, moved around, and really impressed.
1: I, I wondered the same thing and wouldn't be shocked to see if, you know, yeah, he he certainly has got more talent than Heineke. Certainly, and has more of a presence on the football field. And you said it just has more physical ability. Uh, I was kind of wondering the same thing.
2: Well, you know what what happens is when you watch the game and you see him back to back, you just—I'm not getting into the total results or nothing like that. Just going, wow! You know that that it just jumped out to me really that quick, that decisive for me. And I don't think it'll happen, Christopher. But it's one of those things. If we yeah, yeah. give him enough practice time and all that, that they they could do the same thing. Like in week six, all of a sudden, well, he's our backup
3: now. Yeah, right, right.
2: Yeah,
1: yep. So, all right, let's switch to the other ahead, team there. Mac, uh, you know, Mac Corral, He's my number one guy coming out in the draft. I'm going to just, I, I was, I was not in love with what I saw. I, I can't even lie. And I, and again, I don't give a shit about stats. It was one for nine, and they were a little overwhelmed for sure.
2: Yeah, but I I was I was a little surprised. I thought to see more. I said it when he came out. I can't remember if I said Kenny Pickett was our number one or Matt Corral. I had them both up there. I thought Matt Corral was going to translate to the NFL really well, but I said he looked small in college on the field. Looked he really looked really small out there. Yes, and he got a little rattled in the game. He did. Uh, he did. He got some pressure. Got a little rattled. So we'll see. But there could be a big jump for him. But I think also the other thing: what are they going to do there? Because P.J. Walker, he's from Jersey, not far from where we you grew up. Yep. And, man, he's got a really good arm. Yes, he and
3: does. And he has great
2: feet, and he can move. He did it in that league he was in. I don't even know what the hell the league is. I forgot the name of it. But, you know, that's why he's still around. Now, yeah. he hasn't produced what he's played for the Carolina Panthers. He's been an interception machine just off the top of my head. I don't know his numbers. But still, there's a lot to like him. Like about him, and if he's your backup quarterback, I'd, I'd actually feel pretty good about that too.
1: I would too. I, I would. Yeah, you're right. They got they got four guys that can throw the football there in Carolina. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. But I, I echo what you said with Matt Corral. looks small you know and and did just looked like he was a little bit rattled and uh didn't make much happen didn't change any arm angles a few times when he had pressure in his pocket the ball got batted down i think once or twice yeah. so i was not overly impressed with his overall look and we'll see if it gets better you know as we oh, go they're gonna, it's
2: going to get better this week ben mcadoo they're going to give him more opportunities or whatever easier they're going to make it work you know the game when he came in, I will say this. Now you know you see these ebbs and flows of preseason games. All of a sudden, Washington's fired up. Here we're going to play now. Yeah,
1: right, <laughs> right. It was you know. For some so reason, I thought the changed. intensity against yeah. him
2: was a little more than it was for some of the other guys. Yeah,
1: no, no question. Got to get better. No question. All right, all right. Let's go. Let's go to Malik Willis, the Tennessee Titans. All right. So I'm gonna. I'll throw out my two cents here first, Dad. Um, you know, anybody who's watching, first off, he got he got taken out in the game. <laughs> on the first drive of the third quarter, on a second down, which is really rare, it really is. And I'm going to throw this out there, and I, I, I said this on Pro Football Talk. I'm not so sure it wasn't a, a tactical thing done by Mike Vrabel. I'm not, you know. Again, just to quiet the murmur a little bit on the Ryan Tannehill front, to make sure everybody knows who the starting quarterback is there, you know, in Tennessee. Malik Willis—he did some highlight things in the game, certainly, and that's every, what all everybody talked about. But I think you and I both know. I watched the film last night a little bit. He left. There was there was people open almost on every time he dropped back to throw the football, and he was watching the rush or relying on his legs, like he he alluded to it after the football game. I will say this though, I like Malik Willis's look. I you know again for a guy that's six one, man, he looks fucking bigger than six one. He is oh, strong God. looking, and I like Malik Willis's motion throwing the football. Oh, I mean, yeah, even a few be. of the incompletions. I just went shit. It just it looks good, you know. And and again, you know, I know you're, we could talk about oh, trust you know Justin Fields and Trey Lance. They had completions or whatever else. And I go, yeah, I like some of Malik Willis's incompletions as much as anything there. Just the way it looked. So well, I know yeah. I threw a lot out of you there, but no. uh, I do like the talent. I can get behind that for sure. He looks like he belongs, but he's raw as hell as far as playing in the pocket, and that was very apparent in that game.
2: Well, he was in college, so let's don't be shocked by that. That's right. And, you know, listen, when you have the ability to run like he does, yeah, why wait?
3: Yeah, I know, I know.
2: <laughs> you know, so there's a, there's a line there, and you've got to learn to do both. You know, like Lamar Jackson last year. I thought Lamar Jackson was more patient in the pocket when he played last year than he had been in his career because, you know, 100%. he had a better field. He's learned to adjust. And Malik Willis, we'll say it, Trey Lance, just Fields. field, if you want to put those three in the thing, he's a better passer and a better thrower than those guys. Right. And his, I loved his motion in college. Uh, he makes every throw. You wrote it in your notes or whatever I saw. You said, wow, he makes every throw look easy. Right. He throws 18-yard sideline routes like he's, he's throwing it to his son in the backyard and catch. It's right. so easy for him. Right. And I don't think he has a son. I no, we, we
1: know what you mean. You got you.
2: But, wow, just seeing him on the field, I couldn't get over when I watched the game on TV. I just went, oh, my God, look at his legs. His legs.
1: He's got some pair of legs and ass on him for sure. <laughs>
2: Those are – I'm trying to think who's got the biggest legs you've seen at running back? I'm trying to think of a guy that's just Earl Campbell. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, my God, his legs. And so Mike Vrabel, I think he was doing it not for Ryan Tannehill. I think he was doing it for Malik Willis right. to go, we've got to get a little better at just running the offense.
3: Right. We know
2: you can get outside and make some plays, but let's wait till there's nothing there. And that, that's how – Rabel is awesome.
3: He is awesome.
2: Damn, yeah. I mean he's awesome. I mean he's nothing but a football guy, and all I've talked about him many times. Yeah, he's Belichick
1: but, and Parcells ish. He's, he's, oh, he's he, our he, kind of guy,
2: but with a whole different attitude towards the players. I hate to say it. He's today's guy. He, yeah. as he said last year, I saw him do the interview with Bill Cower. He, it's relationships with the players, and he does a great job with that because then they listen to him and they play for him. So he knows what he's doing with Malik Willis. And, I, I, I listen, if you're Ryan Tannehill, you must have hated watching him play the other night. I, I would have. If I was the starting quarterback and he came in and looked like that, i go, oh, my God, this guy's some pain in the ass. Yeah, that's right. Because it ain't going to quiet anything, Christopher. I know it's not. Everybody, I it's know. not. And the fans of Tennessee – they're gonna because we're still talking about Ryan Tannehill's three interceptions in the playoff game. Yeah, it still comes up constantly, and it that's the that's the era we live in. I'm not even gonna bitch about it anymore. Boy, I can't believe I'm saying these words,
3: <laughs> but I,
2: I'm not gonna bitch about it anymore because that's just part of being an NFL quarterback and what it's about. And we got 9,000 ex-players like us uh, sitting here talking about it and going over it, and you got to you just got to deal with it. But overall, I'm just. I was wow about Malik Willis. I I think that just says it all for me.
1: Yeah, okay, good. We're on the same page. I know. The decision-making? Yeah, that's... I don't care. Right. Just, let's, they're gonna. They're gonna. He'll figure of it him. out. He'll get better. You're right. Yeah, you know, I know. Right. That, that's what's scary. He could fit their style of football very oh, but easily. Oh, he the team. I know. You're right. Run. Be gritty. Make a big twenty yard out throw here when they're stacking the box against Derrick Henry. Here's a play action bomb, eighty yards down the middle. You know, here's the, the, you know, read option off the edge. Oh, shit, he ran for 20 around the edge. Oh, they oh. pulled the guard and ran quarterback power. Uh, I know he does. He fits the team. It'll be interesting is, to see where it goes. Yeah, you just got to get better, but there, I, I'm there, with you. I love the way he looked too.
2: Is there a stronger runner in the NFL than him at quarterback? I don't think so. Stronger. I mean, because he's – it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's him and Josh now, Allen, course, I think.
2: it's But it's Jalen Hurts, Josh. But Jalen Hurts is got yeah. – Malik, though, he Malik Willis, oh my gosh. I mean, I'll tell you, he, the decision, he got outside the pocket, maybe one of his first throws, and there's the tight end of the running back, five yards from him, throw it to him, he's going to get ten yards. I know. But I he's know. looking to get a big play because he's still a college quarterback.
3: Right, right.
2: And, you know, he'll learn, as I, what did I tell you when you became a pro? Son, you hadn't even been there yet. You're going to love, you're going to learn to love the two-yard completion. And you were like, oh, yeah. And then you came back from your first foray (laughs) down, and you go, damn, Dad, you were right. Oh, I was just making it up, son. Don't listen to me. I wouldn't know.
3: But
2: you learn to love as a quarterback. Screens, quick throws, little completions, whatever. And uh, he'll learn that, too, down in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, no doubt. All right, so we love Malik Willis. We saw some rawness. But those are things that I think that are easy to fix because the throwing and the athleticism and just the physical stature is there. All right, guy in Detroit, Detroit, Atlanta, Desmond Ritter. Got a got a lot of throws in the football game. You know, you and I were I think a lot of things we liked about Desmond Ritter coming out in the draft as far as the leader, the man that way, played some big time college football. When the pocket does break or anything like that, he's dangerous. It can run. We were a little underwhelmed by his throwing. It can be very inconsistent that way. You know. I don't know if he can really step on the gas when it comes to, let me throw some type of rocket down the middle of the field. And I'm sure I'm, – I'm still not sold on that. But it was better. It was. And, I know, you know, again, I know it was below 50% completion percentage and all that. He had a drop or two. But I, I did think he threw the ball better than I ever saw him throw it at Cincinnati. Did, do you agree? Do you concur, Dr.?
2: yeah well, you know, they let it be more about him at Cincinnati. I just always felt like they were working around it was everything, it's our defense, and we're gonna run the ball a little, you know, just it, I never felt like, wow, just line up, let him be the star, right, as you know, I just didn't, but yeah, I thought he threw the ball okay, um, I did you know, just watching it closely i I just wasn't it it's wasn't not as I thought right, no, and I just I'll say this, I think his arm is I'll be kind and you know just because I got it I need more but I think i watched everything in college but it's it's right in NFL average it's
1: average exactly right
2: and his his thing is yes he's a leader he's got a presence he is tall and the fact that he of course he can move around he showed that speed when he broke the pocket a few times but you know I, I just wonder how big of a Point will that be in games when he gets there, and we see real NFL yes, defense the where there's game planning and right. all that. They're gonna they're gonna make him make throws to beat us. Yes, and I I gotta say this real too. I thought Marcus Mariota, when he was out in Las Vegas or or whatever, he changed who he was. He got he's in unbelievable shape. I think his throwing's back on par where it was early in his career. I think it's gotten better. And his legs, you know, he's as fast as I've seen him. You know, it's it's been a long time, really. It feels like it's been five years since he was a starting quarterback and all those things. But I was impressed with him. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm i not shocked. I think he kind of fits the offense that Arthur Smith is going to run. And I'll give Arthur Smith a lot of credit, too. I like how he called the preseason game again. They let their guys get out there and play. Right. You know, they weren't, oh, let's just hand it off and, you know, we'll throw. You know, whatever. It was really good. I thought they – He played it wide open. He gave Desmond Ritter a chance to get two games under his belt instead of just one little game action. So that was really good. And you know, overall, you got to be happy with Desmond Ritter, but you got to be happy about uh, Marcus Mariota where you're going with him too. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I hear you there. You're right. And and, and Ritter, the thing I liked was there was two things. First off, you know, in college, I mean, he didn't throw a lot of spirals. That was the first thing, and then. And college always had the damn wide open front shoulder, not like Sam Howell did, but it was always open to a point where I go, man, can you just turn into one? I did think I saw Dave Ragone, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. I thought that was the first throw of the game. I went, oh, look at Desmond Ritter, like trying to keep his front shoulder in there a little bit more. I did think the motion looked a hair tighter, but there's no gas on the ball to your point. You know, no. it's nice. It's controlled. He had an interception to the left. If anybody wants to go back and watch on an out route, the ball was in the air for four minutes. It got called back because of a penalty. I don't know if it was holding or roughing the passer. Roughing I can't remember. Passer. Yeah, right. So that was that. You know, had another pass that was intercepted later in the game. Had the balls that just die out when they get to the target. So. I'm with you. I, I, I the throwing is less than. It's not quite where you want it to be, and I wasn't impressed with that as maybe a, a, a Sam Howell who showed me a little bit more pizzazz and, and juice in his arm, you know, maybe more than I even saw in college. Ritter, he corrected some things but was not, you know, not, not necessarily in love with it, and I think you're right. It's about NFL average as far as that's concerned.
2: Yeah. Is he going to make – we talked about it earlier. Is he going to make three or four of these just let me just be – I'm not even going to say the words, just be that guy. I'm going to rip it in there, the Brett Favre, you know.
3: Yeah, right. I,
2: I've told this story many times. I did a show with Bill Parcells. They were playing Green Bay that week. Brett Favre threw a touchdown between a safety and a corner, which, you know, even Brett Favre probably goes, why did I throw it? And it's a touchdown. And Parcells said to me, Sims, why do you think he made that throw? And I said, because he thought he could get it in there, Bill. Yeah. And Bill goes, "Yeah, that's a good point. That's it. No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, So they see it, but he, Desmond Ritter's not that guy. I don't think he'll ever turn into that guy. and But he still can be a really good starter in the NFL. And, again, I'm just – you know, these guys just watching everything this weekend, it's a blanket statement. But i got to be – I didn't probably study the quarterbacks as much this past year because I tell you, I just got so sick of listening to everything on TV. I go, oh, I'm going to get out of this game. But – I'm going to judge guys a little differently coming out. Now they're getting so many reps. They're getting, everybody's in a passing offense in college or most of them. Right. And they just come in the league differently. They do. And they play, they're used to playing in front of big crowds they play in big programs most of the time. So, Oh, okay. So what? They got a a few more. But if you play at Georgia, you're, you're playing pro football.
3: Yeah. Right. Or
2: Alabama, some of these teams. But so I got to be careful how I judge them. And, uh, I think I'd hit Desmond Ritter right on the nose as far as everything that I kind of saw in that game. Uh, but, again, with Arthur Smith, how they run that offense, he's a good fit for it.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, all right. Let's go back out to – I just want to – got about seven or eight minutes left here, big guy. Okay. All right. And I like that you've thrown a, a few you know semi-swear words. Phil Sims, unbuttoned here today. But but I don't
2: think they're actually truly swear words, right? No, you're uh, right. You know, you're okay. right.
1: You're, they're borderline ones. It depends what borderline, household you're yeah, in. Right. It depends what household you're in. Not in our household, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> okay. uh, all right, Jordan Love. Three interceptions. Guy, people are always bagging on him, you know, and, and certainly has, he's been put in a very tough situation. Saw him throw two touchdown passes. You know, right. wonder Romeo Dobbs, who's kind of been one of those camp buzz guys, and a lot of the buzz guys we heard in training camp kind of popped in we preseason week one. But you know, give me your thoughts on Jordan Love and just the overall look there against the Forty ers
2: Well, I, I listen. If I was in the front office at Green Bay, I, I don't get to watch him every single day, but I've heard about people that, who have watched him every single day, and I, I would be very disappointed. I, I really would, and just it just wasn't clean. And again. I couldn't care about the three interceptions. I'm not even judging them. Just the whole overall throwing, it just, you know, I expect more. We see quarterbacks, we talk about them endlessly. Uh, Jalen Hurts for one, whatever. They get better every year throwing the football, and it just comes down to that. Just a pure act of throwing did not wow me at all. Here we're talking about Malik Willard. We're talking about everything and all these guys. And I can't even put Jordan Love in those categories. So it's very hard. That's a tough assessment of him. But I haven't seen the improvement. I don't know if he's trying to be like Aaron Rodgers. I think you a little be too who much. You are. Yeah. But you know, I thought he was a really inconsistent thrower at Utah State. Right. I mean really inconsistent. And you and I had talked about it. Yeah. And I think as you watch more and more, you kind of came to that conclusion right, too. Right. And I still see by NFL standards, it, it's just not even close to consistent enough. Yeah. You just, it, it, I just look at it and go, you really can't count on him to make all the ordinary throws. And I surely can't count on him to make wow throws. So uh, that was tough. You know, I don't like criticizing these guys like this is that hard. But I, I was hoping to see a different guy. Third year. Lots of practice time. Everything. Aaron Rodgers doesn't come to any all-season workouts. You get all the work. Everything. And I just don't see physically the difference. Uh, the decision-making, maybe that is better. I didn't yeah, judge that. Yeah, it was. But... I thought he
1: was okay there. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, but that's great. But it, it's just we know we're in a different world now. NFL quarterbacks, you got to have something that really puts you over the top. And you tell me what puts him over the top when you judge him
1: no you're right there's nothing that puts him over the top I guess what I get gets me and where I defend him a little bit is just I feel like people just totally want to shit on him completely yeah and I, I want to I go well, gosh bad. it wasn't shit I could show you other backup quarterbacks that were shittier than Jordan Love and so i would, they first round picks yeah no, that's the problem too exactly right yeah. I know you're right so that that's that's where it hurts and you know, that's not necessarily his fault. That's Green Bay's fault. Uh, yeah, that's true, too. But, but I, but I but I you know, I, I I guess I'm not quite as critical as the way it looked. I thought there was, you know, the touchdown pass down the right sideline was not was bad. Beautiful. I thought he did a pretty good job of, like, what you kind of said, where he at least – it wasn't just freewheeling, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I guess that's where I saw a little improvement. Staying in the oh, pocket, yeah. he went to the right place with the ball. You know, I didn't think two of the three interceptions really weren't his fault. But to your point, the one that he throws a little out route to Dabbs on the left side, you know, I think that's what you're kind of talking about. Like, yeah, Dabbs could have caught it, you know, but it gets bobbled because it's behind him and you're saying it's it's year three. It's a five-yard out route. That ball's got to be fucking on the money with perfect pace and spiral and everything like that, and it was kind of a wobbler that was behind and floated in the air, and it gave a chance for the 49er guy to get in the interception. And, yes, there's a crispness crispness that is not there with it, and I can't quite pinpoint it all the time. And, like, you talked about the Rodgers thing, and I think sometimes that's it. Sometimes I look at it and go, man, I feel like he's trying to throw like Aaron Rodgers, and it just – Nobody should try that it just it's it's like for five people on the planet that can do what he does and and some yeah. of the releases he makes and um yeah it's i I hear you I guess in your points there and just the well, the not the polish, not the pop on the ball, not the spin on the ball that you know we like to see all the time.
2: I thought he played tough last year when he started against Kansas City, really tough, hung in there, all those things, but again, the throwing was just you know. It was okay and I'm not judging the decision making, all those things, going to the right place, being more settled down in this third year and all that. you know, come on, I gotta that's just okay. But again, it's gotta come down, you know, is all these things. We expect but what what's gonna make it what's gonna make Green Bay thirteen and four or whatever, thirteen and three for two years, what what's gonna do it with him there? And I just think it's you know, again, um I, I, I guess, I'm not saying I was disappointed, but I just expected to see more for Jordan Love. I said, oh, I can't wait to watch the game and how crispy's he's going to look and all that. Yeah, all will decision to make, that's a different thing. That's not even what I'm talking about. Yeah. Just the crispness of him delivering the football, and I, that I didn't see as overall good for the game. And um, we'll, we'll see. I'll watch the next couple games, and maybe he'll make me eat those words, but... Damn, you get to basically play all that. I just, I just expected more.
1: Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, there's some things that yeah, it just it's, it's, it doesn't look great, and it doesn't look first-round worthy, and I think that's the point at the end of the day.
2: All right, last we're guy. We're talking about all these first-year guys. Yeah. Damn how. Desmond, everybody. Malik Willis were just going on. And Kenny Pickett, would you take him over any of those guys right now if you had to start a game tomorrow?
1: I definitely wouldn't. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't take him over Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. I know that for sure. Sam Howell, maybe I'd think about it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. Sam was that was a good start and he did impress me. You're right, so I I hear your point. You're you're, you're exactly right. I I I, uh, I don't know if I would either. I don't know if you can trust the, the throwing on a consistent basis uh, like you really want an NFL starting quarterback. All right, let's go. Wait, we got like one minute left here. All right,
2: all right quick, let's go.
1: Deshaun. You know, I know it was a weird, oh. you know, he didn't get a ton of throws. But uh, first off, I just thought his arm looked live. I did think that. I just went, damn, Deshaun Watson's arm is real. I mean, that's the one thing that popped to me. Uh, but what, what was your thought just seeing the, the limited time and he played?
2: Uh, I just thought he looked like a guy that hadn't played in a long time. Uh, I was not impressed, of course, with what little action he got and what he did and all that. And, you know, I'm just going to be honest here. I thought he looked like he's – th- he looks to me like he's 10 pounds too heavy. Yeah. And, you know, he has those great feet. He's got a great hand. Right. Although we talked about using the hand to throw it. Right. He's got, you know, I watch him, and he's got long fingers and everything. He's made to throw. Long arm. There's a picture of him maybe on pro football, whatever you guys, uh, pro football talk.
3: So, yeah. <laughs> and of his
2: arm and how flexible his arm is, everything. And, uh, yeah, I got, I'm going to just say this. I was a little underwhelmed by it. I really expected more. But I know he's been out a long time. He hadn't played in 793 days and 22 minutes. But uh, that's just my quick impression there. I'm a tough judger, and sometimes in no those spots, and I know he's getting lots of practice time. I just think I expected more. And it. If I really looked at the game close, maybe I would complain because they didn't set it up for him to have more success, too.
1: Yeah, it was a little basic. It was. Little, you know, fucking slant, stupid ass, you know, just bootleg play, all of that. Yeah. Had the drop by Schwartz. Had a nice play where he scrambled out of the side of the pocket and threw a ball where Schwartz dropped it, I think, on like a sec- second and 17 or 18. Right. There ended up being a penalty. I will say this, too. Uh, you know, and and I'm with you. The ball was it didn't throw perfect spirals. I did think his arm looked powerful. He does look thick to me, a hundred percent. Does not look like he'd be able to move around and make some of the magic that we've seen him make throughout his years. So, uh, got to do something there. But I also will say this into defending him. I I can't imagine. The, oh. the the pressure that was on him. Yeah, he, I I doubt he never felt pressure like that in his life. Not even in a national championship game. The way he was being booed. You know yeah. the 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 telescope, the microscope was on him, and that's uh, got to be a pretty tough situation too.
2: Okay, you're right in all those things. Yeah. And yes, I I it, that. But if you're the coach, then let's set this thing up because we know what he's going into here and what he's dealing with. And all that. Well, let's just make sure we game plan it up and give him a chance to really get that out of the way and all that. I don't know. That's just me. You know, you psychologically you got to think about the players too. But who knows what's going to happen with the Sean Watson? I don't know when this final verdict's going to come down. But I think too, if you're Cleveland. You've got to start playing these other guys more they are they are
1: Yeah, they are. They even said Stefanski said I think after the game that this week that his reps Watson's reps will be cut back and Jacoby Percet's going to be getting the starting team reps and they're going to really ramp up his work here going into game one so which I'd makes let it Jacoby even Kobe
2: Percet throw about 35 passes this week
3: yeah right
2: and 20 of them will be game planners right and just let's go let him get some confidence turn the team over to him and give him a chance to be the leader. Listen, he's big, strong. He's got a good arm, yeah. and he's tougher than hell. Yeah, I mean, he is a team player and all that. And I love last year. I'm not saying he played great at Miami, but oh my God, did he play tough? Yes. And he made a lot of big throws. So, um, give him a chance and get his. But ready when you go into the season, everybody knows he's the man, and give him a lot of reps.
1: Yeah, he can. They can win. They can win some games with Jacoby Brissett. I don't doubt that, and I don't think you do either, especially with that team and if they play it the right way here. Right. All right, Dad. Thanks so much. Okay. man. You the man. Really I appreciate like it.
2: I, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Welcome to my world. We did good there. We got. We got. Oh, uh, good. It
2: was a lot of fun. And next week we're going to talk about defensive players and offensive linemen.
1: I'm down for that. We did I had a list of a bunch of other rookies and players that popped throughout the weekend, but we couldn't get to it. And It's all right. Somebody we, we got another I think the golf channel needs our studio, so I got to get the hell out of here, all right? Good. So, all right, but good. Thursday, all right. Thursday the tell podcast the golf
2: channel I, Yep. Tell the golf channel I
1: know that feeling. Okay, but Thursday all I got right. the podcast coming. It's going to be me with the goat of fantasy, Matthew Berry. We're going to do a lot of fantasy talk. I'm going to tell oh, him okay. reality to his fantasy. We'll have fun there, but that should be a good conversation. And then Ahmed should be back in the fold next week. We think. We're hoping to get this contract negotiation done. You know, he's very expensive. He's a diva, this guy. I can't tell you enough. So that's it. Big Phil, you the man. Thanks so much. Homies, thanks for all the questions. Keep sending them in. And again, podcast Thursday this week, not Wednesday. Peace out, everybody. Be good the next few days. Keep watching some football. See ya.